Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we have another opportunity to come before your throne of grace and to learn just that much more about you, Father. God, I ask that you would sit me, Jr., the man down, and that you, O sovereign Lord, would rise up big inside of me, proclaiming your word of truth, placing your words upon my mouth, and just speak into our hearts tonight, Lord, for you know exactly what it is that each one of us needs. Father, I ask that you would just have your way in this meeting tonight as you do every other night and that you would bless all of those who would listen after the fact. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, everybody. For Bible study tonight, there is a very particular scripture that I want to share with all of you. and. It simply just just really one short scripture, and it's it's really been on my heart all week. And uh, Granny could tell you after the fact that it's one of those things that really just kind of sits with us if we do what the Bible tells us to do, right? And that scripture that I want to share with you tonight, it's just two short verses, comes from Psalms 46. And in the NLT, it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is among us, is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress or the God of Jacob is our refuge in the King James Version. But it's that short scripture that I want to share with you guys because of the impact that it really means if we would just open our hearts tonight to really hear from God. And it's simply this. It's the fact that when God says to be still, to know that I am that I am, if we really take a moment and just ponder what God is telling us, well, first and foremost, if we just take a look at the the diction here, be still means to be patient, right? And one of the biggest, most important things that the Bible talks about throughout really the entirety of the New Testament is for us as believers to be patient. It says in another passage of scripture, and one of you wonderful people, if you could put that in the chat for me, it says that what we require now is patient endurance. When the Bible in the book of Galatians tells us about the characteristics or the qualities of the fruit of the spirit, one of the things it tells us is that through God, we can grow patience, right? Patience is one of those things when you tie it in with the most important quality that the New Testament tells us about, and that's love. When we tie patience and love together, we really begin to have a clear picture 
of what it means and what it looks like to have God love us and to really be patient with us because let's be quite honest with ourselves, right? First and foremost, it's the simple fact that we mess up an incalculable number of times throughout the day. I can't begin to count it on my hands how many times I mess up in thought or, you know, whatever else God, you know, allows to happen throughout the course of my day. But it's through these different scenarios, issues, whatever, that God is patient with us. And in the Gospels, in the canon of the Gospel, where he's talking to, to Peter about when someone offends you, he says to forgive them seven times 70, right? Because Peter was being Peter and was, well, God, what if someone for, uh, offends me seven times? Well, Jesus says to forgive them. And he goes on to say, forgive them seven times 70, right? Now, just to do the math for you real quick, that's 490 times, right? And we've talked about this before. If someone can offend you 490 times throughout the course of your day, or you yourself can be offended that many times throughout the day, the problem isn't with the other person. It's definitely with you because why are you so, why is your skin so frail? Why you, as a Christian, you claim to be, who has a relationship with the almighty God, are so fragile? Why are you letting any and everything really bug you, eat at you, tear away at you, your resolve? It just, it bought, why? Why? But here God says to be still and know that I am God. He says that he will be honored by every nation and that he will be honored throughout the world. Well, when God tells us something like that, he's saying that, don't worry, I got this, if we translate it to just how we speak properly, right? God is saying, you be patient, wait on me, and I got you covered, regardless of the situation. Well, like I said, um, this has just kind of been on my spirit all week, because around Sunday passed, God willing, I had a, a very wonderful conversation with Granny. And in the midst of said conversation, God through her just told me this exact scripture, be still, just, just be still. I got it, right? And in order for this message to really hit home for you, allow me to just tell on self a little bit, okay? <clears throat> I, as a person, up until a certain point in my life, and I think we can all agree when I say this, is that we as people tend to have a somewhat obsessive quality within ourselves, usually in regards to the wrong thing. And if it is for a just cause, sometimes we tend to go overboard or we OD, right? That's not a character defect with your spirit. It's just a a circumstance of this here human condition of ours, right? We're not perfect, but check it out, right? When God does his God thing and he steps in as the father in your life, when he steps in as your king, your Lord, your God in your life, and he tells you to be still, let me just re-remind you in case you forgot, because we're people and we need a reminder. That when God says to be still with whatever, 
it's not to hurt you. It's not to necessarily, as we would say, shut you up, but it's to get your attention and to remind you that in a lot of situations, in a lot of cases, we as people who sometimes have these negative qualities, because again, we're not perfect. We tend to have this happen. And again, I'm not sure if you can see me or not, but if you can, my hands are in front of my eyes, right? And we're too close to the situation or whatever, and we can't see straight. But see, what happens is, is when God tells us to be still and we actually listen to him, what he's doing is, is that he's removing the blind or the blindfold, right? And in some of these situations, it's not that you're blind to the situation. It's not that you can't see. It's just that you, again, are too obsessed with said situation, right? Again, let me tell on self here for a minute. Sometimes your no, where it should be a no, isn't potent. It's not showing up. Sometimes your ability to just do the godly thing kind of gets superseded by your emotions. Again, let me let me tell on self here for a bit so that maybe God can help really clarify some stuff for you. That when we allow these things to happen, because again, we allow it. God does not force us to do a single thing in this life. He shows us the godly thing to do. And then, I mean, we have the test answer, choose life, a.k.a. choose Jesus, choose our savior in this situation. Respond, stop reacting. But when we allow certain things to go on, though they may be good, well, the cliche comes true. The pathway to hell is paved with good intentions. We, again, are our worst enemy. Yes, we have an enemy whose name is Satan, and he does things from time to time. But even the things that he does, in a lot of cases, honestly, and 99% of them, it's to use self to get in your own way. But see, here's the beautiful thing about God. When we're listening to him, right, be still and know that I'm God. It's also a way for God to put you in a situation to where he's taking a Q-tip and he's digging your ear out so that the clutter of life, your job, your your family, your whatever that's hogging all of your time, your phone, projects, et cetera, it doesn't matter. Those things that once were good to a degree have now become idols in your life and Let me just remind you that our God, his other name is jealous because he will not have anyone or anything come before him. That number one spot is his. And with good measure, he did pay the ultimate price just to make sure that you could actually live a life. But with you and me, right? He will dig your ear out. He'll clean it. He'll take the little the little baby pipette that they fill with water and he'll push all the dirt, all the gunk out. And then he'll take a towel and he'll dry it out and he'll make sure that your hearing is good and restored because you had some stuff in there, right? Our feet don't just get dirty, but sometimes our ears get clogged up according to what the Bible says. The Bible teaches us that we need to renew our minds daily. Jesus, throughout the entirety of the gospel, says that any man that has an ear to hear in the NLT, it says that he should listen. We know that hearing is just the 
it's just a normal process of where when sound is made, your ears are perceptive to it, right? It picks up on that sound. But when Jesus says to listen, listening is the proactive process of you choosing to make a cognizant decision to take the information that was presented before you, the things that you heard, and to use God's wisdom to help decipher it and to make it make sense inside of you. When we read scripture, when we hear a word from a minister, when we pray, God has an opportunity to speak back to us, right? We open up the dialogue for conversation. Instead of speaking at God, which sometimes, sadly, we do more than we would like to, we end up speaking with God. Because when you speak to God, God can speak back. But when you're speaking at God, well, hey, you're, um, you're putting a, a, a lid on top of what God can do for you because now you're trying to hear what you want to hear. But the beautiful thing about prayer and like what scripture says when Paul was talking to Timothy about people with those itchy ears that only want to hear the stuff that they want to hear, is that when we pray and we leave room for God to respond in whatever way he would choose to respond to us, it's the simple fact that it's not about what you want to hear. It's about what God needs you to hear. Sometimes you need to be removed from a situation, not just so that you as a person can grow, but that every other party involved can grow too. Sometimes you need to just wait on God because what happens when you wait on God is that you learn how to stop being so anxious. Certain negative qualities about yourself can easily easily be uprooted or pruned if you would allow your gardener to prune those bad parts of your branch off of you that when you're just waiting on him to do what he does best to be God in your life. Well, he would do exactly that. He would help remove these negative qualities and attributes about yourself. He would help remove all these, we'll just call them cysts from you. Because what happens as we live this life is that we get dirty. Things try to latch on to us. And the way that we remove them is that when we go to God in prayer, when we ask for forgiveness, he cleans us. He restores us once again. When somebody in your life who is a part of this beautiful Christian family comes to you and says, hey, I've noticed some things are different with you and they bring them up. It's not to ridicule you. It's not to make you feel bad. It's to bring it to your presence so that you as a person and we as a family can go before God and ask that he would help restore us from the situation, correct? The Bible teaches us that those of us who are strong should bear the infirmities of those who are weak. Meaning that if a brother or a sister is going through a situation in life where a particular area of their life is now weakened due to said trial, situation, or just event that they're currently facing, then we as their family should hold them up. We should keep them accountable because accountability is one of the most important characteristics of being a good disciple of God. We are first and foremost accountable to the Lord, our God, because he is our God, plain and simple. Secondly, we are accountable to one another because as fellow workers in this here 
field of ours where we are gathering the good harvest that God had planted long, long ago. It's that we keep each other accountable by checking in with each other, by making sure that when we personally look into the perfect mirror of the law of liberty, as Granny loves to say, it's that we make sure that we are right according to what the scripture says, that if we would measure ourselves according to what the Bible tells us we should be aiming for, that we really are workmen who can rightly divide the word of truth, meaning we have a clear understanding of the Bible. We don't get everything because we're not God. But what we do understand is that there should be, as me and Granny have discussed several times before, a general consensus of where we as Christians should be treating one another. There should be a baseline standard of how we should interact with one another, how we should interact with those who maybe haven't gotten a chance to get saved yet so that we can showcase God. As Granny said to me so beautifully today, it's that when we emulate Christ, it's not that we're counting on self to get it done, but that we count on God to do it through us. That at no point in your day, in your week, your month, your year or your life will you ever be contributed the glory for doing something that only God can do. The fact that you're here tonight or that you show up any night or that you listen to anything gospel related or the simple fact that you're saved is all contributed to Jesus himself because we are powerless we're weak we're worthless if we really would just admit to that because what does the bible say that on our best day we're not even better than a dirty period pad you know that's just who we are as people because we're valuable we're we're gross let's be honest but through Christ we can do all things. And it is through him that we are way leagues above a dirty tampon or a pad, you know, that we are actually blessed and holy, not because we did something great to get there, but because God through us reconciled us to himself through him. He did it. And so when God says to be still, in any situation, it's never to hurt you. It's never to take you out, make you feel abandoned or anything, because that would go against his word. But to be still or to be patient means you need more of me in this particular area of your life so that you would stop being detrimental to your own self. Because, again, we are our biggest enemy. But God when he begins to sit us down and we would just listen to him, because I guarantee you when whatever has been really bogging your ears down has been just your eyes are they feel heavy and blinded. It's because you've been way too close to the thing. It's OK to have a healthy distance from whatever so that you can properly respond to the thing. But if you're all up in there, then you're just reacting based upon the, the motions and the emotions of life. That's it. But I want to end this here because it's not something long. It's just to encourage you that at some point. If we can, because I know that we can do all things through Christ, once something is brought to our attentions, how about we do this? Let's pray, God, I simply need you to just remove me for a moment. 
It doesn't mean you stop doing the good deeds God has blessed you to do. But what it means is, is that we need to do some introspection here. We've talked about that. We need to look at self and look at how we're either responding or reacting to a situation because God as powerful as he is again does not force us to do stuff he does not force his will onto your life or any of the above but what he can do as a good father as an excellent lord as the most wonderful god that he is and my favorite as the great teacher that he is is that he will take a situation once you've been removed from it flip it around show it to you from different angles because once you start lacking to a degree once you start missing out on stuff once you realize that honestly you were carving out a little hole in your soul or even better you were trying to fill a hole where only god can do it well, you start to get that good Holy Spirit guilt arrest lockup feeling where it's like, oh, God, was that really me? And he says, yes, baby, it was. But once again, God never exposes a thing to you to make you feel bad. It's to prune it out of your life, to heal you in that area, to grow you stronger and better than ever so that your life can produce more fruit and not just more fruit. But God is one of quality. And his quality produces quantity. So it's really the best of both worlds if we would just adhere to what he's saying. To be still and know that I am God. That the nations will honor him. That honor will be his. That the Lord of heaven's armies is here with us today. It's very simple. That the Ancient of Days, I know my brother's favorite uh, name for God because it's honestly so cool. He's with you. His victorious strong arm, it holds you up in battle, that he is your refuge, he is your strong tower, that the name of Jesus alone makes the demons tremble, and that when we go forth in his name proclaiming his word of truth, which is the sword of the spirit, it cuts both tooth and nail, it swings both ways to prune you and to sever the attacks of the enemy. It all has a purpose. So I tell you this today. Just be still. Wait on God. Really wait on him. His timing may not always agree with how we feel, but trust me, he's an on time God. He's never failed you. He never will. And let's just bask in his glory today. Okay. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer simply saying thank you, Lord, that Lord, you and only you can really take us to the next phases of our lives, God, because without you, we wouldn't have growth to begin with. We would just be tricking ourselves thinking we're actually making progress when all we're doing is hiding inside of a new shell. But Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, that the growth that you provide for us is one that only you can, that the joy that you give us is a gift that this world cannot give, it cannot take away, that your peace that surpasses all understanding is, again, one of those things that only you can give us, God, that when we focus our hearts and minds on those things that are just true, pure and kind and holy, that you yourself, the God of peace, will be right there in the midst of these situations with us, Father. So surely when you tell us to be patient and wait on you to do your perfect godly thing and your kairos or your perfect holy timing, Lord, 
that not only would you resolve the issue, but that you would be in the midst of it with us, helping us to have the strength to trust in you, to not be anxious, but to shed ourselves of the shackles of the weight of the oppression of whatever, and to really trust in you and know that you will resolve the thing sooner than later. The simple fact that the Bible says that though the end times, when all the calamity is going to happen, that you would hasten it for our sake. So surely, God, for something that's not as catastrophic, that you would hasten it for our sake. And the hastening happens when we just trust you, when we leave it in your very capable hands, because you've gotten us this far. So surely you can take us to the finish line. So, Father, I simply want to say thank you that we love you and that we will certainly be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor and all the glory, which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus name, we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Hey, family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form or fashion today. Each week we hold Bible study on Zoom and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed. Mm -hmm.